is this? Ah, the French. For what reason? What is the charge? Eating a meal? A succulent Chinese meal? I'm here, Papa! Yippee-ki-yay, Mr. Falcon. First listen to the animal man, the Snoopy Snoopy poop dog. My wife hated me being a firefighter. We were divorced nine months later. If you don't mind my saying, I don't like your attitude one bit. Inspired. Six times I've now ruined my whiskey. I'm under arrest. Well, I'm under what? I just want to do whatever serves the corporation best. Good night, Mr. Wanderson. Good night. Gentlemen, this is the Buckersave Manifest. We are World Champion Podcast. I am Brighton. And I am Sean. We are two gentlemen who signed a bad contract with the Smogville World's Fair, and we are now forced to produce this podcast where we discuss the only things we truly understand, obscure and forgotten, pop culture, among other things. We talk good, we talk fast, we talk true. I was kind of thinking this show counts as obscure and forgotten pop culture in a little bit. It does. It, it can get really, really meta. Yeah. If I'm using that word correctly. I think you are. Yeah, because we are nothing if not obscure. Right. And uh, hopefully we're too cool to be forgotten, but you never know. And then it's definitely got that edge. It's fringy. It's fringy, yeah. Fringe just, and forgotten. Just like our leather jackets. <laughs> so fringy. Mm. That was such a great investment when that guy came by, that leather jacket salesman. Mm-hmm. Oh, man, I love it. And his old Mad Max car with his dog with a handkerchief on. Yeah. Sold us those leather jackets with lots of leather on it. So much leather, so much fringe. Mine goes down to about mid-thigh. Mm-hmm, of um, course. It's, I call it my Stephen Stills jacket. Right. You've got to get the... Like, when you get a leather jacket, you, you don't stop at half your body. You've got to get a trench coat. Right. With fringe. Yeah. And then you get that leather cowboy hat, and then suddenly you're the undertaker. Yeah, it's perfect. Yeah, the next thing I want is one of those leather detective jackets that is, it's like, mm-hmm. it's like, hey, you know, like a blazer? Let's make it out of leather. Yeah. And then be Al Pacino and wear that around. And what, what's your occupation when you're wearing that? Because a detective is very, you, like a very particular looking trench coat. You know, I'm glad you brought that up because um, I found out today that in our state, mm-hmm. for you can become a, pri- a licensed private investigator. Really? So the requirements vary from state to state. In our state, you have to be 21 years old, a permanent resident of the state, quote, of good moral character. Well, that can't and, be fudged. And pay a two hundred <laughs> Right. And <laughs> then pay a $227 fee. What a vague requirement. <laughs> right. <laughs> um, yeah, I wonder what that means. Do they just ask you some questions, like, like scenarios? Like, okay, you find a $100 bill on the ground. Mm-hmm. Do you turn it into the cops or keep it? Right. Keep it. No, you do not get to be a private investigator. It seems like a private investigator, though, would have to make some tough decisions. Like, you have to shoot people that are climbing in your window before you realize who they really are. I don't know if that's a moral decision or not, but you have to be capable of murder, in my opinion. Well, and you have to be willing to come into your office and find it trashed. Yeah. At least once a week. Uh, replacing the glass that has your name on it in mm-hmm. your office, that's going to be expensive. You've got to drink whiskey while some femme fatale tries to entice you to do something. Yeah, someone like like someone pulls a gun on you in your office, mm-hmm. and you really quickly open the drawer, mm-hmm. and they think they're gonna sh- you're gonna shoot back, but and no, you pull, you out, just, the pull out a whiskey, glass. and then you put your feet up on the desk, right? And you say, "I don't have time for these games." Gosh, can you imagine how many times someone would have to point a gun at you before you could just casually have a drink? <laughs> yeah, while they did it, and put, throw your feet up on the table. Yeah. 
That's kind of crazy if you think about it. That's because, I mean, I feel like at least the first 10 times would be terrifying. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, when does it get old hat? It also seems weird. You'd... I guess you can get used to anything. It's true, but it also seems weird you'd, someone would be able to pull a gun on you that many times without actually killing you. In every one of those scenarios, you got out of that situation somehow. Yeah. I guess from your calm, cool demeanor. Maybe what happens is you get shot once and it, it turns out it doesn't hurt that bad. Mm-hmm. It's like, um, like you're playing Little League and you're super afraid of the pitcher. And then you throw the ball beamed. at you and then you get beamed and you're like, oh, that kind of, that, you know, he doesn't th- feel great, but it's yeah. not the end of the world. He is throwing 35 miles an hour. Yeah. Or I don't know about kids these days on the clear and stuff. They might be throwing 102, but I think my little league was a pretty safe place to, to, to forget your helmet at home. Yeah. I remember going to an amusement park and they had some contest where you would uh, try to throw a fastball at a target mm-hmm. and it had a, you know, the miles per hour. And I threw so hard, my arm came out. It just came off. Came off, flew off, hit, hit the scoreboard. It ended up hitting the scoreboard, and I think it was 29 miles an hour. 29? Yeah. But I was a kid. Now I could probably throw 36, 37. I have never done it. I, need, I guess I, need, I know what, my, what I need to do. Yeah. On my bucket list before death, I have to find out how fast I throw that, that piece of hot cheddar. <laughs> All right. Speaking of slang. Good point. Let's talk about some slang terms that are going out of fashion. But here at Smogville, we keep them alive for industry. Right. Now, Smogville is a very strange town that we live in. Listen to our old episodes to find out more. Yeah. But basically, yeah, you found this list of slang going out of fashion, but we still use them here, so we need to keep them alive. It's crucial. Our salesmen all use all all this lingo, all of it, on a daily basis, every every conversation. Now, I don't know what these are, so you're going to tell one to me, and I'm going to guess. Right, and then I'll tell you, and then we'll just see what happens. <laughs> <laughs> That's how it goes. All right. The first slang, or the first and only on this episode, Fogo. Fogo? F-O-G-O. Now, or it could be fog, Fogo. Faga? Faga? Fogo, I'm guessing. I'm going with Fogo. Um, I mean, is that something like Soho? Is it like Fogo, far away from Georgia? It's nothing Far like, from Georgia. It's nothing like that, but it, it is a chiefly New England slang term. Ah, uh, Fogo. So, oh boy, that's a Fogo. <laughs> like, is it like a snafu, a foobar? You're uh, like fucked out of our gourds, it, it's, Oscar. It's not like, yeah, it's not like Fugazi or, or some kind of acronym, but it's it's closer to. It's it's a I don't know. Once you find out what it means, you're gonna say well, that's actually a pretty good word for what it is. Okay. Well, uh, Are right, you ready? Yeah. Fogo, an offensive smell. Oh, that's a great word for it. Right. Fogo. Well, that's one we actually do need to bring back, I, I think. I know. Fogo? No, don't, don't get down there, man. It's Fogo. What is that? Fogo? Yeah. <laughs> oh, that's really good. Fogo. Sounds gross. It's kind of a gross-sounding word. It's a gross-sounding word for a gross-sounding thing. That's why it's so perfect, yeah. So, yeah. There you go. We got through that. Oh, man. There's, yeah, there's this place I walk by once a week, and I have to walk past this like Chinese buffet, and I walk past their dumpster, and it is mm. just Fogo. It is Fogo. I walk right through some Fogo. It almost sounds like you're saying far gone. Fogo. Like quickly saying something's too far gone. Yeah. It's Fogo. Fogo. That food's been in the fridge for a month. It's Fogo. It's, yeah. That's perfect. I I'm, might try to actually use that. I like uh, that. Yeah. I'm glad you shared that with us. Um, oh. I'm going to talk about John Wick, bro. Went to right the movies. On. So my mom came to town, and so what better... Thing to do than take your mom to go see the sequel to John Wick. Yeah, has she seen the first one? No. Oh no, she didn't know. She didn't know who John Wick was. She kept calling it something else too, like John, 
Houston or something. <laughs> I can't remember what it was. It was it was a name sort of like John Wick, but not quite right. She can't be that old that she just wants to go see John Houston. <laughs> well, no, I mean it was like a goofy last name. It yeah. wasn't. It was it was on the right track, but we only had a particular t- time frames to do this on both days. I hung out with her. So the first day, I got the time wrong, and after saying, "All right, mom." We're going to go see a movie about a guy who gets his puppy killed, and then basically he just kills people for two hours. And I really, I really kind of accentuated that. Like, yeah. This is him shooting people in the head for two straight hours. Yeah. Like, there's going to be a hundred murders. But she was, she was down for it. We go to the theater. I got the time wrong. And so we're already there. We've got a babysitter for my niece and everything. So I was like, oh, okay. What's, what's playing right now? Fist fight. The only thing. Uh, starring Charlie Day and Ice Cube. And Ice Cube. Looks great. It's <laughs> so, and, and one thing maybe people don't know about me, I, I almost never see comedies in the theater. I'm not interested in comedies. Right. I want to see action, science fiction, horror movies. And that's about it. And so I was like, well, well you know, what can you do? So we go to Fist Fight. And I thought it was going to be like a high school silly kind of movie. Maybe PG-13 kind of style. No, it's, this is like Wolf of Wall Street level F-words. Yeah. Like hundreds. And lots of talk of the teachers saying dirty, dirty graphic sexual stuff. So I'm just, yeah, just me and my mom having a blast. We try to go the next day. I actually get the time right for John Wick. <laughs> and she was real surprised it was Keanu Reeves. Ah. Which, I mean, do people not know about John Wick? I, I texted another friend and I was like, I saw John Wick too. It's a masterpiece. Spoiler. I don't know. I mean... I, Are we this isolated in this Ferris wheel? That no one else knows about John Wick? Yeah, that we're the only ones that know about John Wick. He might be a local folk hero here, but people must Maybe know Maybe not. <laughs> Maybe outside of, of this world, it's not a thing. Okay. What I really like about John Wick the best, besides he's really good at his job. Like, I've seen so many movies, and probably my favorite protagonist that's like John Wick is, is uh, the guy from Death Wish, Charles Bronson. Charles character. Bronson, yeah. I'm, I'm forgetting his name right now. But Charles Bronson's character in Death Wish. But this guy is just such a pro. He, even even a, a, a more of a pro than a lot of hitmen hit in a lot of movies, right? Yeah. He's doing a lot of headshots. Like, he, if you did some video game, his headshot to, like, kill to bullet shot ratio would be, like, would number one. Yeah. And so that's really great to see someone really good at their job. We've talked about that before on our old comic book podcast, how that is a really appealing type of character. As much as you love the, like, conflicted Mm -hmm. rogue who makes mistakes, like someone like Wolverine or John Wick or the crew of the Enterprise. Just the best at what they do. good at their jobs. Yeah. Yeah, I think that... That's why the Star Trek reboots don't appeal to me as much as the original Star Trek, because everyone on the original Star Trek and on Next Generation is just really good at their job. They really are, because it looks... In in the new Star Trek, Kirk gets a lot of battlefield promotions, doesn't he? Most of his his career is based on just being at the right place at the right time. Oh, yeah, big time. Whereas in the old one, that Kirk, he, he not only beat the Kobayashi Maru, but now it's taught. Yeah. You know, so that's that's someone who is good at their job. But I think what appeals to me the most about these films is that there's such a refined and cultured, gentlemanly a- atmosphere for the whole criminal underworld. So they have yeah. all these hotels where when you're there, it's a five-star hotel. You, you can't kill anyone else, and no one else can kill you. 
But then they hook you up with, with a tailor that's going to make you a bulletproof suit. <laughs> and the sommelier, who actually it, it talks about guns the way you know, a normal sommelier would talk about wine. Yeah. Which was probably my favorite scene. There's two scenes in, my movie that, in, in the movie that were my favorite. When he's getting the guns from the, the wine guy, I just got such a kick out of. Because he'd go, do you have something robust yet precise? <laughs> And then he's like, oh, sir, good choice. May I recommend the AR-15 with <laughs> laser sight and 19-round clip and all that stuff. Yeah. And, then, and then he goes, will, 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 the, will you be having dessert, sir? And he's like, definitely. May I suggest the six-inch stainless steel blade? And okay, <laughs> I, was, I was thinking it would be a hand grenade, but a, a knife is good, too. Yeah, the, uh, I'm pretty sure that the dessert was knives. Because <laughs> he did want to end the party with a bang, he said, before that. Oh. And he gets some giant rocket launcher thing. So I loved that scene. And then there's a scene where John Wick is now retired, just like in the last one. Yeah. And there's a current day, there's like a current John Wick named Cassian, who now is after John Wick. And they're going through this really crowded train station, and they both have guns with silencers, and they're both sneakily shooting at each other. So John Wick is walking <laughs> with all the passengers that got off the, the train. Cassian's up on the second floor balcony, kind of walking in the same directions, and they're just both going... <laughs> and nobody's... <laughs> like no, they're having a squirt gun yeah, fight? Yeah, like a squirt gun fight that you don't want the teacher to catch you doing. Like they're pulling their guns out real quick, kicking a couple shots and sticking them back in their jackets. And they're both doing it. And, just, it's, and, and the, the room is full of 50 people that no one's noticing. And I just thought that was such a fun little moment. That's not how silencers work, I don't think. Is it not? How loud are they? Pretty Cause, loud. Because it was like... <laughs> yeah, and the movies are always like so cool, but no, they're like... Have you heard one in real life? I've seen videos, because it's always like... Oh. Uh, just, it's always those videos that are like debunking Hollywood myths. Oh, fun. I know, those are so much what fun. What a I stick in the mud. Like, how come in movies people just answer the phone and don't say hello and make small talk first? They just get right to the point. Right. Who wants to see that? Yeah. Uh, no, God. I want to see a real-time phone call. <laughs> hello? <laughs> oh, not much. Yeah. Uh, ma- yeah, maybe. My sister's over right now. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I was thinking, yeah it's cool. I'm good. No, real good. Yeah. Yeah, you chat for 10 minutes, then you're like, so what's up? Yeah. Oh, you need to borrow my machine gun. <laughs> yeah, so this was a. I didn't have a lot of high hopes, but I actually may have enjoyed this more than the first John Wick. Yeah, I was really thinking they wouldn't be able to recapture the magic. So, but they did because they went in this. a different direction. Ah, they didn't do the whole. I I thought he would have a new puppy <laughs> that would be killed at the beginning, yeah, and he oh, would just yeah. have to kill everyone. Or this time he has a horse. Or yeah, something. yeah, yeah, yeah. Some kind of lovable creature his his dead wife gave him. So I recommend John Wick too. Um, well, that's great. I recommend a more miniature type movie. Ah. I want my mini music movies. We are turning this thing on its head, mm-hmm. sort of. Mini music movies are our most popular segment, but we're going we're gonna to change our focus a little bit. Right. This is entry number one, mini Michael movies. Woo! We are going to be covering the king of pop, Mm-hmm. And his vast catalog of really bizarre, <laughs> very bizarre yet I- iconic videos. I think we got to start with Billy Jean. All right, all right. I got some notes on good old Billy Jean. Okay, good. How should we tackle this? Should we just talk about the whole video and then go into the history? Yeah, let's do that. So, yeah. Okay, I guess my first note is what event was Michael Jackson coming home from 
wearing his pink shirt, red bow tie, leather tuxedo with quilted collar. It's quite a getup. <laughs> he seems... Uh, what's his attitude here? He's walking... Okay, so he's coming from some kind of event by mm-hmm. cutting through the dingiest part of town. Right. Even though it's dusk, everything's abandoned and really creepy and all mm-hmm. the stores are closed. Is, and I can't quite pin down the look on his face. Is he sad? Is he wistful? He, he looks... Is he lost in thought? He looks like he's lost in thought a He's flipping bit. a coin while he's walking like cool people do. Definitely lost in thought, but he doesn't seem troubled by whatever's on his mind. He's thinking about it, but it's not really weighing heavy. Yeah. He looks know? a bit blank, like... I, like, I, like, I feel like maybe he just got back from a date that went fine. Right. Like, it wasn't went, great. Okay. It wasn't bad. It went just okay. Yeah. And he's thinking, maybe I should call her again, or maybe I should move. But, or maybe he's thinking, why are, why is the ground glowing wherever I step and Yeah, touch? maybe he's thinking, I have these amazing magical powers. <laughs> How can I best use them? I know. Let me turn that bum into a tuxedo man. Yeah. See, that's the first point where you, it really starts raising a lot of questions. Yeah. He walks over to a homeless guy. Does he actually touch him, or does he like... No, he flips his coin into his cup. Oh, that's right. And then his cup turns into gold, and the bum turns into a clean-shaven guy in a white tuxedo. Right. So, and the, But then everything else he's touching. He puts his foot against a, a garbage can, and it starts glowing. He touches a lamppost, I think. Yeah, neon signs are lighting up as he walks past them. Not to mention every single tile on the, I don't know what you'd call that, like square, square tile on the ground. But that's such an incredible, like whose idea was that? Because as a little kid, I remember seeing this and thinking it was the coolest thing. Like what, the ground's lighting up? I I thought it was like, you remember the game Simon? Oh, yeah, where, it's like that. Where, where, you, where it'd light up and you'd touch it. I thought the way they'd done it is each step was actually stepping on something and making it light up. That's, prob- is that, that's is probably that how happening? they did it. I don't yeah, know. who knows? So, yeah, so he's going somewhere. He's, he's using his magic powers. He's got something on his mind. Um, maybe, I was thinking, maybe he's the Sorcerer Supreme in some kind of Marvel universe. Oh, like a Doctor Strange type. Like Doctor Strange. Which would add a really cool aspect to the, the whole video, regardless of what he's singing about the, this girl, Billie Jean, about this kid in question. Like, he, maybe he doesn't care because he's a wizard. Yeah. You're a wizard, Michael. <laughs> well, he's being tailed. Right. By some sort of mystery guy, a private investigator. Yeah. He looks, he looks like the classic private investigator. He's got the trench coat we talked about earlier. He's yeah. got a camera. But the little the collar twist, flipped up. The collar, I mean, the, the twist I like to do in my head is that this guy is just a weird pervert. Well, that makes sense. Mm-hmm. That makes the most sense, actually. Yeah. Because he's just creeping after Michael Jackson. He's in sunglasses, even though it's nighttime. Um, he's not being subtle at all. It might be the, it's actually probably uh, the rise of the paparazzi, huh? Probably what he's complaining well, cause, about. Yeah, because uh, Michael's leaning against a lamppost, and right. this guy comes up behind him. Mm-hmm. To like take a selfie with him or something. He keeps trying to get the perfect shot, but he somehow activates the cameras in the window of a camera store, that's, and then that's magic. But then Michael doesn't show up on film. So so these guys are both magicians. Yeah, yeah. That's or a, or a vampire. Yeah. But I guess if someone's following him and taking photographs, is it implying that Michael Jackson? He's that that is Michael Jackson. He's not playing the, the average go, Joe on a date. He's playing celebrity singer himself. 
Because who is this guy following him? Unless it's a yeah. guy that got hired by Billy Jean to track him down. Oh, maybe that's for it. some child support, and yeah. he's too slippery for that child support. <laughs> that makes sense. Every yeah. trick in the book to get out of paying those dollars. Yeah, <laughs> magic. Yeah, he just every keeps, magic trick in the book. He keeps using magic. It's it takes a it's I, I don't know. It just what 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 did you think is going on? What is the the bigger story here? So I yeah I think just knowing the backstory of Michael Jackson and how he was later in life, I think it probably is a paparazzi thing. Because mm-hmm. that became a theme for him. Yeah, totally. He I mean, that, that was the theme of his life. Which I can't even imagine, man. Yeah. What a nightmare life he had. Was, yeah, he might literally have had the worst life of anybody. Is it better to be just forgotten or be like him where you get kind of a monkey paw, be careful what you wish for, where he's this incredibly famous person, but it sounds like he's just miserable and and it drove him insane, in my opinion. No, I think that's, that's a fact. Right, right. He, he was like Howard Hughes at the end. Have you seen the uh, photos? Like some trespassers, mm-hmm. some criminal trespassers, actually broke into the Neverland Ranch. When? This when he was, was there? like when he no, lived there. No, this was a few years ago, but it was a few years after he died. Okay. So it's still like three years after he died, and they're like, we don't know who's keeping it up, but nothing is dusty. And what? There's like still mail here that's recent, but there was no one there. And because, you know, it's kind of secretive and they crept around and took pictures all night. What were lights going on in the house or anything? Or was mm-hmm. it just, it was just that? No, there's like no alarm. Like, I actually, I, I think they were. Um, they got in the house. Because they're like anonymous guys. I think they were cagey about like how they got there. They're like, we really can't tell you like how we oh. got onto the property. Okay. Maybe they parachuted in or something. But no, they were in the house, and like, there's just Michael Jackson stuff everywhere. There's statues of him, portraits, MJ is on everything. Wow. We'll post it, of course, once I find it. I think it ended up on Vice or something. And what, 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 I mean, do his kids own that? Like, he's got, he's got the kids. Yeah, isn't she on the cover of Rolling Stone or People or something? Yeah. Like, she's, something's happening. Yeah. Yeah. Something's happening with, I think she's pregnant or something. Yeah. Michael Jackson's kid. I don't know their name. Towel or something. Paris. 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 But I think, yeah, I think the code name was Blanket for one of them. Oh, okay. <laughs> Tally. Tell, yeah. So anyway, yeah, that would make sense as far as what's happening in the video is he seems to be, well, he ends up going to a romantic encounter in a dingy hotel. But doesn't he still disappear? Use magic at the last <laughs> moment? Yeah, that's the weird thing is... So at the end, he's like walking up some stairs. This guy who's following him, three feet behind him, <laughs> being very sneaky. Some cops show up. He's like a detective in a kids' movie. Yeah, you know, he's like he's literally like three or four feet behind him. And then when he walks, you can hear practically hear like doom 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 doom. So the paparazzi guy sicks the cops on Michael. So mm. the cops rush past him to go peek at Michael. Michael climbs under some sheets and disappears. And then the cops. Then the cops instead arrest the paparazzi guy. So I guess he got arrested for obstruction of justice. Like, you <laughs> gave us a false lead. We were after MJ. But what is MJ in trouble for? What do the police want with him? Back child support? It's got to be child support, right? Yeah. Let's, let's start analyzing the lyric content. Because okay, yeah. my entire life, I've never actually read them, but from what I've gleaned just hearing it 10,000 times, yeah. was he's saying, Billie Jean's not my lover. She's just a girl who said, I'm the one. But the, the kid, kid is, is not, not my son, son. Yeah, so, so, so it's, just, it's just paternity. Yeah, that's pretty straightforward. This is like a Maury Povich thing. Yeah. Michael, in the case of young Towley, 
you are not the father. And then um, he gets right, up. <laughs> gets up and spins dance, around yeah, and does the dance. Yeah. That might have been the original Mori Povich episode because yeah. every episode where the you are not the father, they get up and do some <laughs> great dancing. I've never actually seen any of those. I've only oh, seen like... it's so it's good. It's just so seeped into pop culture. Oh, man, I love it. I, I love it so much. It's, it's great to see them dance because it's a moment of just pure joy. <laughs> like these guys that just found out they weren't the father... Because she's been sleeping all over town with everybody. <laughs> all my friends have been with her. Yeah. So, so as soon as he finds out he's dodged a bullet, it's just, just jubilation. It's just he's dancing for – like none of them plan on dancing. They just start dancing. No, you're just – yeah, you're it's seeing joy. someone who's just let their guard down is just expressing pure emotion. Yeah. And so that's, that makes sense that that's where Michael Jackson got so good at dancing is because of this whole child support situation. So um, there's differing schools of thought on what inspired this. Oh. We don't know the truth. Well, I guess we can, I guess we can trust what Michael himself said. Mm, or can we? Or can we? He said it was based on the groupies he and his brothers encountered while part of the Jackson 5. Okay. Uh, Billie Jean is kind of just anonymous name for all these girls that would hang out by the stage doors. Um, you Do know, they actually call them Billy Jeans? That's what he's saying. There are a lot of Billy Jeans out there. Every girl claimed that their son was related to one of my brothers. Um, you know, we have this fame, and they want to have our money and our way yeah. of living. God, um, so he's cynical at, at Jackson 5 level? Yeah. He's already cynical? Yeah. Wow. Now, um, and Jack- jaded. Jackson's biographer, J. Randy, uh, ter- terribly. <laughs> I'm just going to call him terribly, because yeah. that's... Mr. Terribly? Yeah, his name is Mr. Terribly. Um, he said a young woman wrote Jackson a letter which informed the singer that he was the father of one of her twins. Okay. One of the twins? <laughs> yes. Wow, this is turning into the X-Men or something. Uh-huh. <laughs> or the X-Files. Uh, the other twin was an alien. A Jackson, who regularly received letters of this kind, had never met the woman in question and ignored it, but she continued to send him more letters which stated that she loved him and wanted to be with him. Um, she wrote of how happy they would be if they raised the child together. She pondered how Jackson could ignore his own flesh and blood. Uh, like the letters that, disturbed like the singer of... to the extent that he suffered nightmares. Night- oh, wow. Now, this weirds me out. He seems very sensitive. It doesn't seem like a lot would cause him nightmares. Yeah. Right? Yeah, totally. Very. Like, he, he, like when he fell out of his tree in his front yard or something. <laughs> yeah. When, you know, 45-year-old man climbing a tree. <laughs> yeah. You fall, skin your knee. I could picture him running and crying, you know? Yeah. And then, and then someone putting a little bit of Neosporin on his knee. And, and then he goes to bed. Sniffling, and, yeah. Yeah, and then that nightmares night, about falling out of a tree. It has that, that like 1990s slow motion where it's like... Oh, yeah. Like slow motion's come a long way, slowly, <laughs> yeah. but it's come a long way. The old kind of 80s, 90s slow motion was like this almost like stop action. It's where they're just like hitting play, pause, play, yeah. pause, play, pause. Yeah. And so that's what you, you can picture this nightmare. They're using... You, you know the effect where they do day for night? Yeah. Where it's obviously filmed in the daytime, but it's just kind of a weird blue color. Yeah. So it's like that. I'm, I'm trying to paint You're... a mental picture of this dream. Okay. It's day for night. It's, it's you know, filmed on a really crappy 80s sitcom camera. Yeah. And then you see him fall, and it goes, no! In that slow and it kind of has this weird echoey no. Yeah. And then it does that slow motion fall. So his nightmares look like made-for-TV movies? They right. look like after-school specials? After-school specials, yeah. That's, that's pretty much what his nightmares were like, according to Mr. Terribly. <laughs> yeah, Mr. Terribly. Um, now, this is weird. Was it, was it just a more innocent time in the 70s? It always weirds me out 
when celebrities say, like, talk about the letters they get. They must get millions of letters, especially Michael Jackson. I can't picture Michael Jackson sitting down at the kitchen and the mail gets here and he's like, oh, Sears catalog, new issue of Time. Oh, a letter from a stranger in, in Des Moines. And then sitting there reading it, like, what? I've never met her. I think about this sometimes because to a, at a certain level, you've got to do some sort of PR. Because when I was in a punk band years ago, yeah. we wrote a letter to George uh, W. Bush. Like, telling tell him how great we thought he was. You know, it was just like this weird <laughs> drunken thing we did like one yeah. night. And then we actually got a glossy headshot, you know, that, that, oh, yeah. that picture in the mail. Yeah. Now, I mean, if the president, who's more busy, Michael Jackson or the president? Well, so you think George W. Bush opened your envelope. I know he did. Then he took a photo of himself and signed it and then found a stamp and mm-hmm. sent it back? Yeah, he was walking around going, does anyone have any stamps? Like, that he, I, I guarantee that's what happened. Yeah. He's a very busy man. He, he has a very busy morning opening thousands. Yeah. And, and then he has to get a, a bunch of photos taken. So I imagine that, I don't know, because then you also hear about people who will have a handwritten letter, you know, from, from whoever, John Wayne. Yeah. Who got, he, I guess he's just bored. I don't know. There must be some downtime where you're bored reading all the letters. It's just weird to think of, of this happening, but apparently it does because it, yeah. Or like a soldier, like, oh, my, uh, I, I'm a soldier, and my buddy got wounded, and his favorite band was Blink-182, and so then they came and played a show in our town. I went to the prom with them and all that stuff. Like yeah, how, do, yeah, how does this get through? Are these celebrities reading every bit of mail from every idiot? Well, they have a team. They've got to have a team have that a team. just passes on the good ones. Right. And I guess they probably look for, for keywords with the highlighter. Oh, cancer, highlighter. Yeah. You know, stuff like that. Military. <laughs> Military. Cancer. Highlighter. Child, you know? <laughs> one of our tw- one of my twins is yours. Make, make a wish, highlighter. So, this story doesn't end well. Oh, I know what happened to Michael Jackson. Right. <laughs> <laughs> Following the letters, Jackson received a parcel containing a photograph of the fan, as well as a letter and a gun. The letter asked him to kill himself on a certain day and at a specific time. Oh wow! The fan would do the same after killing the baby. Wrote that if they could not be together in this life, then they would be in the next. To his mother's dismay, Jackson had the photograph of the woman framed and hung above the dining room table of the family home. What? Yeah. That's quite a move. Right? That was, that's a curveball in this story. <laughs> yeah. So, so What? Uh, it says afterward the Jacksons discovered that the fan had been sent to a psychiatric hospital. Yeah, interesting. That's according to Mr. Terribly. Was there a real baby? I don't know. What happened to the twin? It's on page 223 and 224 of Terribly's biography. This is just making me think of Fire in the Sky. Yeah. And X-Files. Like, there's twins. One Only is Michael one Jackson's twin is Michael kid. Jackson's. The Who's other, the others? Billy Idol's? It's got alien DNA. Yeah. There's a lot of potential here for a very spooky story. Yeah. So, so the woman... They could have ended worse. When you said this ends bad... Well, yeah. I mean, I guess... I guess their plan could have come together. And Michael, under her thrall, since he already hung up her photo, he might have just shot himself. Yeah. He's like, well, I guess it's 5 p.m. <laughs> Here <laughs> goes nothing. <laughs> um, during the recording of the song, him and Quincy Jones had a falling out. Because hmm. Ma- Michael shows up with the demo of the song. Okay. Because he wrote it. He came up with the whole thing. Have you ever listened to his demos? No. They're crazy. Yeah? He's doing instruments with his voice. He's going... Like these, wow. all this weird stuff with it. he's almost like like scatting and bebopping and stuff along with 
his regular singing, and then he has yeah. like a crappy keyboard and stuff. It's it's really interesting. You should listen to some of his demos. Yeah. Well, I'd be really interested to hear this one. So Quincy Jones hated it. He's like, that bass line sucks. The intro's too long. Hmm. Uh, this isn't good enough for Thriller. Of course, it's one of the biggest songs ever. Yeah, Quincy was wrong on this one. So Quincy was totally wrong. And then the final version, Michael said, sounded almost exactly like the demo. So Michael thought he should get a producer credit as well. Ah. Because he's like, you didn't, I, I did. I wrote the, I, I, did, I arranged it. Yeah, yeah, basically. And Quincy, and he's like, I should get a producer credit and then more of the royalties. And Quincy Jones was like, nope. I guess he didn't have, that's funny because just maybe a year later, he would say, you get no royalties, Quincy. Yeah. Like the power he got after Thriller. Yeah. You know, two years, God, it was number one for years. Yeah. Is it still the best-selling album of all time? I don't know. I I don't know. If only there was a way to find out. Ah. Uh, uh, He recorded his vocal line in one take. Really? Yeah. He's good, man. Like, we're talking about professionals that that know their shit. John Wick, great killer. Michael Jackson, say what you will about his personal life. That dude was a pro. He could dance real he well. He could dance his ass off. Yeah. He could sing. He could write. He sounds like he had a great work ethic. He was kind of a visionary in style. Um, Think how influential all his, his cho- uh, clothing choices and stuff became. Oh, that's interesting because it, uh, it was so popular that everyone started dressing like him mm-hmm. with the pink tuxedo thing. <laughs> Or whatever. That weird um, leather tuxedo? Yeah. It says a school in Brooklyn had to ban the kids from wearing a single white glove. Because, of course, if schools are going to do anything, if public schools right. are good for one thing, mm-hmm. it's stopping the kids from doing something completely harmless. Right. And making it into an outrage. Yes. That's like, true. We cannot. Your, your letter to the parents. You are not allowed to have your child show up with one white glove. It's sadly just about the only good thing. They're good at. Yeah. <laughs> that, was mean, pretty, that was a pretty harsh criticism of our public school system. That we're both a product of. We are and product obviously, of. we're a couple of dopes. Yeah, look at us, man. We're sitting up here in this Ferris wheel with one pair of gloves. Each of us get one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, I think so, I actually, there's you know so what? much interesting stuff about it. I think I actually had sparkly gloves. when I, when I, I went skiing a lot when I was a kid, and I picked out some sparkly gloves. Michael style or just because they were cool and sparkly? I can't remember. (laughs) I'd like to say unrelated, but it was 1984. (laughs) Um, So they brought in a bass player, and he played the bass part on every single one of his basses before Michael found one that he liked. How many bases does he own? Three? (laughs) Yes, three. (laughs) Three! (laughs) Was this like a train of basses? I don't know. Um... The song was mixed 91 different times. Wow. And then they settled on the second one. That's the way it always is, man. Mm-hmm. Do you think... It, is that common? I don't see it, how you can find 91 differences in this. Well, uh, you mean... I mean, like, like, to hear it and be like, no, I think number 74 was better. Yeah, you would lose your number mind. 82. I can't even imagine yeah. how that's done. Is, do you, is that commonplace to do, to do that many mixes? No, ve- no very... This is, no, usually you do it once. This is, that, I guess everyone, everybody could just tell this was going to be magic. Yeah, and then Quincy Jones said, you need to create a drum sound that no one has ever heard before and add this ethereal element called sonic personality. What does that mean? That doesn't mean anything, ah. but they had to do it. Ah-ha. Told the engineer, you have to give it sonic personality. 
So it, it explains that they did some weird stuff with the drums. Just to make it sound unique. Yeah, just to make the drums sound really unique. I'll have to listen to it again now. Uh, we kind of skipped the weirdest part of the video, too, which is at the end when there's a tiger for like half a second. Well, it's a pair of, isn't it a pair of panties that turn into a tiger? Oh, I couldn't tell what it was. I thought it was a crumpled up leaf. <laughs> Could have been either. Yeah. Could have been either. I, th- I thought it was a pair of panties, like tiger panties. Oh, maybe it was. I guess it, maybe it's a mag- another magical trick where you see what you want to see. Yeah. You're like, seeing... Some people see taggy waggies. Yeah. I see taggy waggies. You saw a little leafy. <laughs> crumpled up leaf. Crumpled up leaf. Other people would see a snake or, or whatever. Yeah. Or a sunset. I just thought they went to so much trouble to get a tiger, and then it's in the, sh- it's in the video for like half a second, and it's not even framed well. Well, I the think... The tiger just like walks away. I wonder if they did it the same day, because there's, there's a really famous photo shoot of Michael Jackson with a with a tiny little tiger. And I think they Isn't actually that on the... I think they actually put it on an either Isn't that in Thriller? I think it might actually be in Thriller. And if it's not in Thriller, it's in like a, a re-released thriller. Because the the thriller cover is that double sided and he's like lounging like Burt Reynolds. <laughs> yeah. I think maybe there's a tiger on I think, the inside. So, so maybe they just filmed it the same day. They said we got this tiger for another 12 hours. What do we do with it? <laughs> yeah. Make a music video. I don't know. Have a walk around. Film it. Well, um, so this music video directed by, what is his name? It's going gonna, it's gonna to be something incredible, right? It's gonna... <laughs> yeah, it is. Steve Barron, <laughs> um, who directed Take On Me by Aha. That's a great video. He directed one we've already talked about. He did. Money for Nothing. Uh, another iconic. Those are both iconic. All three of those are iconic videos. Yeah. Um, wow. Africa by Toto. That's a good song. I don't know what the video's like. Uh, I don't either, actually. I just assumed it would be iconic since that song was such a hit. Toto worked on Thriller. Oh, did they? They were like the studio band. Huh. Um, but then what about this guy's film career? Oh, here we go. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Iconic film. I loved that when I was a kid. And Coneheads. Wow. So he's, he's, there he's, you go. Yeah, he's had a pretty impressive resume right here rolled out. Oh, yeah, that's Michael with a baby tiger. I thought he had, huh, I don't know. Here's a tiger body with Michael Jackson's head on Etsy. <laughs> so that's pretty cool. It's like the. That's what um, he is now. That's what he looks like now. It's in the like afterlife. The, uh, yeah. It's like a bad era, Michael. Oh, what else is this? Oh, here's a pinup with a dinosaur head. What do we got here? David Bowie as an alligator. Tom York as a weird little bird. Elvis as a banana. Well, there you go. Sounds like you stumbled onto a fun website. I sure did. (laughs) Etsy, coming at you. Well, there we go. That's all I got to say. That's all I got to say about that. We're going to have 19 more of those, probably. <laughs> We've got a lot to cover. <laughs> We've got a lot of Michael Jackson coming up this year. And who knows when it's... I mean, we're not going to do this all the time. Or maybe we will. Or maybe you're, we you're will. Gonna, you got to be on your toes to listen to this show. Yeah, and you got to follow us on Facebook, Instagram, uh, our website. Subscribe. Subscribe on iTunes and leave us an iTunes yeah. review. And tell your friends about us. Tell your friends to listen, because like I've said before, there's really no way to accidentally find this show at all. Yeah, a like, hey, I'm looking for a podcast that's about a bunch of different things. I want a fringe and forgotten podcast about fringe and forgotten culture. Let's see. Well, there's maybe I want a podcast hosted by a professional comedian. 
Maybe once I listen to all 700 of those. Yes. But a comedian is something you can just announce you're a professional, right? I think so. Like, um, like what are your credentials to be a comedian? Like, exactly. Have you ever watched The Bachelor or The Bachelorette? Um, I've seen it. And they're always like, you know, they always have little captions under their name of what they do. And it's like dental hygienist, marketing professional, actor model, comedian. So actor model, you don't actually have to get a paycheck or anything. No, I don't think so. You just, a, you're just pursuing it. Yeah. You get callbacks. You go to auditions. We're comedians. We talk. What do comedians do? I don't know. They talk into microphones and try to be funny. Yeah. Uh huh. Right. I guess maybe they have prepared material. That's because we're avant-garde comedians. Yeah. This we is, don't have. This is just material. a different type of. This is like audio Adult Swim. It's. This is the same as like how our how other podcasters are our colleagues. Right. Like Ira Glass. Exactly. Mark Maron. <laughs> yeah, Ira Glass. You know our colleagues. Mm-hmm. I was listening to my colleague the other day, and he interviewed. Uh, the president Gould. of the United yeah. States.